0: Hi, and welcome to the After The Whistle podcast. Today's episode is an extra time episode where we quickly dissect breaking news that just can't wait till we record. Today, I'm joined in the studio with Smiley and Kawawa, and we discuss the Black Stars lineup for the upcoming AFCON qualifiers. Now, do, don't do forget to follow and interact with our Twitter account at atwpodcastgcr and catch all of our episodes on Listen listentogcr.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoyed the episode. Uh
1: I I mean, I just I just vex because I do feel like then they then they then they mess around a little with the Black Stars. I mean, this is you know the 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 country's pride it is it's the biggest club we the biggest national asset we have especially as as football fans so it is something that you know shouldn't be messed with at all and if you see the trajectory where the black stars go over the past five years i don't think that this is the time to be messing around with the black stars calling players who do not deserve to be in there Avex. And we've started. <laughs> what an intro! <laughs> uh,
0: Charlie, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a one hell of a week. Regards to the way these announcements came out, but then yeah, ATW special episode, quick reaction to the uh, call the, the lineups released by CK Kuno. Uh, I even forget the date. but I just saw that there was just a bunch of. Um, Gen- sports journalists and sports enthusiasts reacting to the call-ups. Especially One League Two uh, one League Two guy but that's I right here, not there. But yeah ATW special episode with K.O. Smiley and Car. Charlie guys how it? Be? Chale yeah. we cool. No you there you vexed. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on vexed fast can't run time for like two days do no <laughs> <stop. laughs> You, stop.
0: You know you know you know. even you don't even give them chances but just to give uh, anyone who's listening who's not familiar with the story um, yes so the upcoming qualifiers um, for the AFCON championship are coming up sometime what next month yeah next, next month
1: no and next week actually yeah. next yeah. week hmm.
0: and uh, obviously CK couldn't release his lineups now he's been restricted from calling his uh, players based in Europe because of COVID restrictions uh-huh. But um obviously a lot of people and he he, he he wasn't really blessed with options but then this lineup doesn't really reflect the talent pool which uh, is available to him and uh, you have a lot of people who are reacting quite negatively. I, I don't think I've seen anything positive. I mean we're all optimistic that uh, we'll be able to pull a result because we only need one point from the two games against south africa and south tommy to be able to qualify for the championship but still um if we're looking at the type of i'll quickly go through the the, the players who he has called up so that if anything uh you people go say uh it's it's correct it's not correct and whatnot so for goalkeepers we have richard Ofori, razak abalora eric uforian three. And uh, Danlad Ibrahim. I think Danlad was part of the under 21 squad.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Defenders uh, Baba Rahman, Kideon Mensa, Ben Sananan, Philemon Bafo Nicolas Opoku, Kasim Nuhu, Daniel Ismail, and Steven Ambrosius, who plays in Hamburger. Midfielders Kudus is back, Wakaso, Ifri Akwa, Manuel Lomote, Idrisu Baba. Glass Awako, Kwame Free Poku, Osman Bukhari, Joseph Esso, Kamal Soa, and Fatao Ishaku. Charlie Mama get call out. All right. Ima, uh, for the forwards, Imano Buateng, Imano Jesse, Kwame Opoku, John Entry, Chrissy Otre, and Caleb Ekuban, who plays in Turkey. Won't even be crabbing, slightly following because of FIFA. But this lineup. Doesn't, <laughs> this lineup is not a good lineup. For what reasons, Kawawa?
1: Um, so for number one reason, um, I think that you know, one of the major reasons why I don't think this is good enough is uh, because of some of the players who have been called up. Now, I can, uh, when I look through the, the team, I can just pick out five or six players who I, I think, honestly, that they do not deserve to be there. Uh, I think the first one, I mean, the, let's go by the initial squad that CK Akona released. CK Akona released the squad, and that's what you've just mentioned. First of all, Kameh Free it's not, it's not close to the Black Stars at all. It, it, it is by, he is by no means close to, the, to play for the Black Stars. He plays in the 4-tier league in England. He, he's not even their most exceptional player in the team. 31 games, uh, 1 assist for an attacking midfielder is, is just not good enough, I'm sorry. And I, I feel like that's uh, uh, one of the reasons why now we are hearing that it was a mistake that he was included in the squad because Siki has already started garnering pressure from from many, many quarters on why he decided to put that name on the list. So as we are speaking now, Kwame, Kwame Poku's name is out of that list and apparently he's supposed to join the Black Stars B team who are going to be playing Uzbekistan in a, in a few, uh, also uh, somewhere next week, uh, later this month actually. Uh, also in there. But, I mean, if you look at the strikers as well, John Joninchy, I feel like at the time when John Joninchy needed a call-up into the Black Stars, he didn't get it. And this is the time when it feels as though we are compensating him for all the times when we did not call him up. And that's one of the problems that I have. Fine, it is a given that um, there's COVID and we could not call up some of our best players who, who play in Europe. But also, the top goal scorer for this country is is playing in, in Karela he's Dilusi Taylor has has scored 12 goals this season he's been on fire and has been scoring goals left right center how then do you drop a player like Dear Uzi Taylor and bring in uh, someone like Jorenti who has scored 3 goals in the Egyptian league it doesn't it doesn't really you know uh, uh, give us a sense of what CK Acona really wants to do if he's saying that Jonenchi, who plays in Egypt, is better than Diyawisi Taylor, who plays here and has gotten 12 goals. Then there's an indictment on the Ghana Premier League. And, and it is also a fault of the FA that they do not even trust the league that they play in, that players from here can be able to do as good as players from outside. And that's a problem. Now also, Keo, there, there was a problem earlier earlier um, last year when the Black Stars B team, that's the local Black Stars, could not qualify for their african cup of nations tournament which is called the chan they could not qualify because of certain you know so many reasons and others who have supported coach sikia uh lineup uh, and uh, who have supported his call-up so far have said that they gave these local boys a chance to qualify the country to Chan. they couldn't do it so why then are we asking for them to be included but if you are able to include one the lad you've, you've also included a player like philemon Bafo I mean, Philemon Bafour is not even the best right-back in this country. How then does Philemon Bafour get into the side when other players like uh, uh, Justice Blair and others did not get in? Justice Blair is arguably one of the best midfielders in the Ghana Premier League at the moment. So, it is also good news that we are hearing now that the FA said they they made mistakes with the list. And so, players like Emmanuel Lomote and Nicolas Opoku, whose teams will not release them, because of COVID, are out now and players like Justice Blay have been given an opportunity to fill in, which is which is well and good in my opinion. But if we are cons- if if we keep consistently making mistakes like this, is Sikiako not telling us that there was a mistake with this list, a-, a list that goes to him, it goes to the technical team, it goes to the management team before the GFA communications teams posted. Is he telling us that it went through all these four processes? and then there were mistakes, and everybody overlooked those mistakes up until it got to us, then there's a problem also at the FA. So, those are some of the reasons. As for the goalkeepers, I have no problem with it. Even, we're hearing now from South Africa that goalkeeper Richard Ofori is injured, and he got injured in one of one of the games that he played last weekend, and he might not be available for the game. And, mind you, Zika Kono himself knows he's under pressure, because Ghana could have qualified for the AFCON in Sudan, and then he failed to qualify because you know we're beating in Sudan uh by by we're, we're beating in Sudan and now we are here to face South Africa and Sao Tome. South Africa is always a tricky fixture for Ghana and and mind you we've played we played a few games together with them. Uh, I think that uh, some some of the games that we've played over the over the years have got have gone our way but generally we really do not have good games against South Africa which is which is a big big problem for me now as I sit here because um, from '94 when we played them, you know, we, uh, they beat us two goals to one in '96 They beat us also at AFCON by three goals to zero. So, I mean, in our first five matches against South Africa, there was no win for Ghana up until 2004 when we beat them in, a, in the FIFA World Cup qualifying match, which, I, which I'm sure you, you really remember. Uh, one of those goals that Suleyman Tari scored in there. And then all the way in, 20, in 2010, actually, we lost against them in a, in a World Cup, in, a, in, a, in an international friendly and then, uh, in our last three games, actually, we've drawn twice and then we've won once. That was in 2019 at the Africa Cup of Nations. So, there's really a problem with trying to beat South Africa. So, if we're here bringing players who we are not sure can do the job, then why have those players been called up? And those are the questions that we keep asking. Also, the GFA president has a club in this country. His club is Dreams FC. And <laughs> which, which we highlighted last week. Exactly. And when you look at the line, when you look at the call-ups that, that has been made so far, five of the players that have been called up are either affiliated or were affiliated with James FC at some point, which is also uh, something that we cannot deal with. I mean, Imano himself, Imano that, that that was called up. I mean, he Lomote hasn't been impressive in, in, in most of the games he's played in for the Black Stars, I'm sorry. But... He keeps getting call-ups. and that's a problem because then he he's uh, actually giving players who deserve a, a chance to play in the Black Stars. Uh, he's he's been he's been someone who who's not giving other players an opportunity to to get into the Black Stars because he's consistently being called up. And the fact is that he has not even played too many games for the Black Stars, even when he's called up. That's a worry. Philemon Bafo, as I mentioned earlier, it is also a big worry because in the Ghana Premier League, he he he's not even the best right back in the league. The, one of one of the best right backs in the league has been has been Philip Saki who plays for Accra Great Olympics. There's also Kojam Waku who plays for Ashcode There's Aze Quinn who plays for Adriana Stars. Many, many right backs are in this country and then you call up Philemon Baffo. So it, it it's 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 not too good, you know, if the normal football fan looks at the list and then five of these players that I've already mentioned are players who are either affiliated or or, or still affiliated to Dreams FC. Joseph Esso, who plays for Dreams FC, I have no qualms about his about his inclusion into the Black Stars because he has consistently shown this season that he can do it. I mean, he moved from Hearts of Oak to Dreams FC, and he's having a hard time trying to fit in. But I think this year he's been good enough to to end that call up. And then there's John Inchi, who I've already mentioned to you that I don't think he deserves the call up around this time when his form has actually did. So Keo, there are many, many things that. You know, I can keep going on and on and on and, you know, and on about it. But it will all come down to all of us just analysing the team as we see it. Are we ready to do something with the Black Stars? Will it be, it will be disastrous if the Black Stars do not qualify for, for the next Africa Cup of Nations, given how many years it has been. It was exactly this week that marked 39 years since the Black Stars last won the Africa Cup I saw of Nations. that start. Exactly. So that's that's if, crazy. If we, are, if we are consistently going to make our teams this way, going to make our teams a business avenue for people, it, it's it's a, 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 the Black Stars is going to be an avenue where when someone needs a better club, they come and play one, two, three games, then uh, someone sees them, they get a better team, then I'm sorry, we're not going anywhere. And that's a really, really big problem for me. So there are names that I feel like should have been there, one of which I have said everywhere, is Dewusi Taylor. I feel like Taylor needs to be in this team just because of how his goal-scoring prowess has been. Now, what does it tell the teams who are here if their players are doing well and are not getting call-ups into the Black Stars? Because for a team like Karela, Karela have been impressive. After the first round of the Ghana Premier League season, they are on top with 31 points. Their player is top scorer in the Ghana Premier League. Many of their players are thriving. But let's just take Diawusi Taylor, who has been exceptional in the Ghana Premier League. How do you want the club Carella, to feel if their player has done this well and has not been included into the into the team, you know, to play for the Black Stars? So, Keo, okay, let's just let's just look at some of these things. You know, many of the local players who have been called, I feel, deserved. Gladson Awako has been good. It's okay that he has been called up, but some of the other players who were included should not be there.
2: Hmm. And
0: there you have it <laughs> but even with karela with karela topping really the team i just want to ask with uh Carella, uh are they even overperforming in the league right now uh-huh. i mean olympics have been very 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 steady and uh, you know beaten i think
1: that they are
0: there people sometime last weekend i think
1: i think the top two i think the top two clubs have have overperformed i think Carella are just punching above their weight i mean they you know they've shown they've shown over the time that they've been in the Ghana Premier League that they are formidable force but nobody thought they could be up there in the Ghana Premier League after the first round so for them to be there it's a big big plus for them now they also held one of the one of the longest unbeaten like home unbeaten runs for a very long time before Kotoko beat it just uh, in the first round of the Ghana Premier League so they've done so well for Great Olympics they have been exceptional because under normal circumstances, Great Olympics should have been in the relegation zone by now, trying to trying to battle it out with others for who goes on relegation. So to see them second, just above Hearts of Oak and Kotoko, it's a big, big plus for them. And, you know, it's all about organization and sitting down and knowing what you're supposed to do. If the planning is right, if everything goes well for you, I think that you will see the results. And that's the results that Accra Great Olympics are seeing at the moment. So, you know, if they're doing this well and their players who have also been performing, punching above their weights, are not given a, are not given a chance to represent their country, then it's a, it's a big problem. Because these players, they know, how, they know what they've put in. They know what they've put in one. And trust me, the players compare themselves with each other. So if this guy in Ghana is putting in everything and scoring so much, and they pick this guy who plays in Egypt and has scored three goals, then next season, I'm also going to Egypt. You understand? Maybe if I go to Egypt and I score one goal, I'll be I'll, I'll be called up into the Black Stars. And that is how that is how the players will start thinking. And we keep saying that oh we are losing our best players to clubs uh, in Europe, we are losing blah blah blah. But this is the fact. This is what we do to our players for them to leave. Aside the fact that money is included, I think that this is one of the things that we do for the players to leave. For instance, Sante Kotoko had Kwame Poku this season. Poku was exceptional. He scored nine goals. And then a club from Algeria comes; they buy the guy away. You understand? He didn't even think, he didn't even think twice about it because he knows that he's getting, you know, better salary, better conditions, Dem- and definitely stuff, better ampere. pay, yeah, And yeah. better pay, everything. But aside from all of that, he knows that you know playing abroad gives him a better chance to play for the Black Stars than playing here. And we've seen it in Akono's uh, collapse. That's what we've seen. Because then, what is Akono trying to tell us? I mean. As for the Kwame Free poku guy, I don't even want to, like, I don't want to see his name in the team. It annoys me so much that this guy has, has gotten a chat. What? I mean, how? How?
0: What, what do you think that it, it boils down to? Like, obviously, there is a process with which um, the GFA and the technical team and the coach actually goes through you know, their list of players, or eligible players, that they can pull from and then, you know, mm-hmm. put into the squad. Because obviously, yeah, uh, CK, CK has his tactics which he is, he wants to implement. You see that have the game. The,
1: mm-hmm. No, no, no. You go on, go on. Okay, so you, so you were asking about uh, you asking whether we have a pool of uh, uh, players. No, we have the pool. We have the pool, mm-hmm. but
0: then the game plan, the the the, the process. Yeah. like if you can outline it, mm-hmm. so we all identified that. Okay, fine. These were the choices which he was presented with, and this is the end result of so, said choices.
1: So the thing is, I mean, first of all, I'll touch on how Akono started this whole call-up process. He called up uh, 23 local players and put them in camp. You understand? He monitored the players you know, consistently for, for a really long time before he, he put out the, the first list, which many people have debunked and now they've made changes to. So 23 players, then... He monitors all of them. He brings out nine players from that, you know, nine nine players from that. So the the that, that number is a set number. Like he would choose only nine, the top nine. No, not necessarily that he would choose he will choose the top nine. I, I feel like uh, I think I think when he looked into the team and everybody, he felt like the nine uh, had a quality to play for the Black Stars, and that's that's why he chose them. But but also I feel like the, the criteria for choosing players in the, into the national team. It's not properly laid down. You get it. And and that's one of the problems because every coach comes in and then they select the players that they like. For instance, when, um, when Avram Grant was coach of the Black Stars, he consistently called up Samotete Tete and consistently called up Edwin Gima. And mm. Edwin Gima never played. Trust me, he never played. Of all the times where he was called up, I don't think that Edwin Gima would be able to rack up 100 minutes of playing time with the black stars no but he was consistently called up and he consistently called up samotete samotete was a really young player at the time he was 18 he had just left wafa and had just represented ghana there uh, the a 20 world cup and you know uh Avram grant was so impressed with him he he roped him into the team and then just after Avram grant left and kusia pia comes in samotetes door is shut they never called him up again and Right now, you know, he's just all over the place in Europe, trying to, you know, uh, put his career together again. So it is one of the problems, and also the GFA under Keto Keku, they came in and they felt like, oh, uh, I think that it is not properly defined. So let's let's try to properly define it. So what what do they do? They bring in a technical director from Germany, in in Bernard Lippert. So Lippert's job is to actually monitor many of the players around and give expert advice to CK Aconor on who and who he needs to pick. So so if we are still going around picking players who do not deserve to be in the team, then who is not doing his job well? You, You understand what I mean? Because if there's a technical team of which Bernard Lippert is the head of, and then there's head of the coaching team of which CK Aconor is head of, and trust me, CK Aconor's coaching team is very strong. CK Aconor's assistant is David Duncan. David Duncan played in the Ghana Premier League for Accra Great Olympics for a really long time. He came back, he, he has coached many, many teams around the country and now he's assistant coach of the Black Stars, Hesikia Akono. So how then are we making mistakes? And how then haven't we defined the criteria for selecting players for the Black Stars? And that's where, that's where there's the biggest worry because if there's no continuity, there's a problem. If there's not a chance for players who have have been so impressive to also uh, have a look-in, then there's a problem. So let's have, you know, a criteria. Let's have something that we look at and say, this guy deserves it for uh, for this, that guy deserves it for that. There has to be meritocracy, because if there is not, then many players are going to be feeling aggrieved every time. Like John entry for instance, that I mentioned. John Entry had been feeling aggrieved for not being caught up into the Black Stars for a very long time. And then he loses form, and then they call him up. You understand, so so the normal person analysing the Black Stars team will not understand some of these things, and that is a problem.
0: All right. Despite, despite everything, right? Yeah. Despite all the press, despite all the negativity which is around, is there any glimmer of hope? I mean, I see Kudu's return as something to look forward to? But is there any like? Is there anyone that we should be looking out for uh, when we play South Africa and South Africa?
1: Um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm just looking through the team, and uh, you know, for fullbacks, for instance, uh, there's Gideon Mensah who has been really decent in Portugal, and then uh, Babaraman of who we know already. But you know, aside from aside from Kudus, I think Idrisu Baba has been good. The only thing that you know, uh, the the only reason why Idrisu Baba's name hasn't been on the lips of many people is that is because he plays in in Spain and he plays for Mallorca, one of the teams that. Not many people watch. And so and so he hasn't quite gotten the the hype that many people got when, when Pate was still at an Atletico and stuff like that. But he's a really good midfielder. He comes in with a lot of experience. And I think that you should also look out for Osman Bukari, who is one of the left attacking midfielders that we also called up for um, the, the, the game against South Africa. There's also Kamal Soa who plays for who plays for O.H. Levin in Belgium, he uh, has also been one of the delights to watch really in the Belgian league and he's one of the players that, you know, uh, many, many would be, many fans in Belgium who, uh, Ghanaian fans in Belgium who watch their league and know how good he is, would be looking at. But I, I think that, you know, many Ghanaians should also watch him because he's he's one of the players who will be extremely good. Also in the attacking areas, uh, Kwame Poku for Kotoko has also shown that, uh he can be good if you give him an opportunity so um if if kamipoku is able to start which i which i doubt then you know maybe we can we can we can who, just catch a glimpse who will lead the front can. line
0: who lead the front line Caleb.
1: uh there's a possibility that it could it could be Caleb and then imanobuaten they they are the they are the, the front so runners so the, uh, has uh, been training with the team for a really long time he and wakasu joined the local team here to train they've been training since the year started so I think that Akono has seen enough of him to give him an opportunity to start.
0: Smiley, honestly, you like for top on the way they play FM, you don't know what want say this guy he'd be, <laughs> he'd, be star, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be top player <laughs> if they play for the lower leagues inside. All else God. but yeah, if I feel like I feel like, um, you know, uh, negativity aside. Which all rally behind, and like, Corey, I know Corey would push this agenda. <laughs> <but> because, <laughs> we are all for a day behind. But like he mentioned what?
2: something about the Idris Baba guy. I know Mallorca is currently first in the Spanish second division, and he's—I think—he's been a very key player. I mean, you know, we say for the follow him, cause he began and some best be at <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 the follow way. He always See, these for the this
0: is what we. This is what we bring to them. This is what we bring to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> top 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 reporting. You <laughs> <laughs> know the people. We only know them because we they play game. They're with the best. All right, yeah. because it's, but I because just of just the ask car one
2: thing. And this was car one thing. Yeah. you know, just recently Majid Wires, mm-hmm. he said he threw some shade about um about was it Muntari or someone. I think he said something about how... um, No, that was Ajman Bedu, rather.
1: Really, Ajman Bedu? I think there
2: were were different comments. There was one about Ajman Bedu where he was talking about how um, the players never stood up for Muntari when he was under a lot of criticism Mm -hmm. and everything. Even though he himself, he was one of the people who always stood up for them, always defending them. And then also there was another comment by Majid Wares where he was talking about how... He made some comments about how I think the team was not united, and he said something about how this is what happens when um, the players are fighting for the team and not fighting for themselves. Is there mm-hmm. anything? Yeah, I'm just trying um, to understand where he was coming hmm. from.
1: So uh, you know, I th- I feel like these things are this, some of these things will always come up. You know, <laughs> I think it's in every national team, but. Uh is saying that the, the, the players are not united and, and stuff like that. I, I I don't know where that is coming from really, but I mean maybe he has he has his reasons for, for, for saying that. But when when you look at the Black Stars, when you look at the Black Stars, I think that in, in the Black Stars team that wires played in, um the the unities a bit suspects, you know, and it's, it's it's been it's been one of the problems and make the German no fool you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. After so, all, yeah. the
1: Jama we fight. Yeah, no, it's, it's not about it's not about fighting. But you, you know that thing where you know you just know say this will be your guy. You yeah, bad. yeah, like cool. like 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 me and you did the same space. over actually, you know my guy like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that thing day, that thing day, the black stars Cup is like because some of the boys some of the boys know that you like maybe. If, if Smiley did it, I know Smiley not my guy, so, you know, if we score a goal, we all go celebrate, but after they go away, we break away, actually, you know, I just go I pass you, I just, you get it? yeah, so it be, it be some way, there's there's, a, there's an underpinning there, but because there hasn't been public fights yet, you know, people don't know about it, and people don't want to talk about it, so for Majid Warriors to come out and say it, um, you know, it's, it's bold of him to come out and say it, but... I think that, you know, even after he said it, there hasn't been anything that was done about it. We just swept it under the carpet and everybody's moving on. Just because it came from a player like Majid Warriors. If it had come from a player like Muntari or had come from a player like Jordan or Andre, then it would have been taken a bit more seriously. But, you know, for someone like Warriors, I don't think that, you know, people are going to take it as seriously. And you're also asking about um, Ajimabedou saying that, you know, the players didn't stand by Muntari. Well, stand by Muntari at, at what time? Because I feel like uh, in 2014, when he had that problem uh, in Brazil, uh, the issue about him slapping Moses Parker and everything, I think many of the players stood by him, and even even Steven himself was one of the one of the men who was very vociferous about you know talking about Montari and trying to keep him in the Black Stars and stuff like that. So he sort of got you know the support. Maybe as somebody is talking about. Uh, a much larger support from from a larger player base but that didn't come but individually I feel like you know many of the players were were a bit vocal about Montari's issue because trust me no matter how players may not like each other or they may not think that this guy is their friend or whatever if it's an issue that affects their welfare they all come in they all come around to talk about it so the issue is that they all spoke about it individually but there wasn't a collective voice to it and 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 maybe that's what he's talking about
0: all right now since this is a special episode we're not really going to delve too much with uh, what happened last weekend but champions league teams set europa teams are set <coughs> Mourinho <anyway>, we forget <laughs> we, for, we forget we forget we forget episode form yeah. they just dissect yeah. you know what's happened i'm a fan but the, the like it's mind-boggling. is it's absolutely mind-boggling that in this day and age, you they hold two you they hold two nil lead. Why won't you just attack? You know that you come and attack. Why won't? But yeah, I digress. Biggest shock was the biggest shock result of the across the two tournaments. Be Mourinho being beaten by Dinamo Zagreb. players scoring a hat trick. Against you, and you not even scoring one goal to be able to, you know, win on away goals. Enough said. Enough said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh You people for react to. You (laughs) people (laughs) for
2: react. See, see, see. Me, honestly, I think the Toslan players, they just thought they had qualified. They thought it was done. And honestly, everybody thought it was done coming into the second leg. Because a Mourinho team going into the second leg of a European tie with a two-goal lead, everybody knows that the tie is done. And if, if there was anybody who thought that Mourinho still had something to offer in club football, at least, this is what should show you that the guy is done. Like... At least in club football, this is—he's peaked. He has peaked. He's going down. He's going underground right now because I don't think he will ever get to a lower point than this. And if you watch the game, it's not like—it's not like um, it was just lucky goals that Dinamo Zagreb squadron. Oh,
0: they—they worked for it. They worked for it. It could
2: have been four or five because I was watching the United game at the same time, and then when it got to the extra time. I went to the Spurs game because I was seeing a lot about it. And I saw them miss like two or three clear-cut chances during extra time. So it could have been way more, it could have been even more embarrassing than what we saw. And Charlie, Moino just looked like a broken person after the game. I don't think, I don't think the guy is the the same human being. (laughs) As he was Hello. five, ten
1: years ago. Or, or, or he's overthinking this, games too. No, no, no.
0: Really. Mourinho never ever overthinks. <laughs> Mourinho never <laughs> ever overthinks.
1: He never, he never, never ever overthinks overthink anything. If he wants he
0: want to know where he know. that'd be all we would tell them to. And I think he may have seen himself or he may, that character thing, which he's always looking for in his place. He might have seen that in Tottenham. But then you are picking a team... It's not like they they, they capitulated, but then they were always overreaching. It's not like they were ambitious enough. They were ambitious, but then they weren't ambitious enough to go and actually win something. You were the coach that was giving the ability to play like you were, how you were playing. And, you know, you punch way above your ceiling. Went to a Champions League final, challenge for your domestic league. But then there was always something missing. To sort of put everybody together and be like, let's actually go for it. And you know, you have Mourinho, who is looking for characters who sort of resonates with him, that alpha male type of thing. But then Totem always have a soft underbelly, <laughs> which can be easily exploited, easily. And I mean, like Smiley said, they might have thought they might have thought that they won the tie, and um, the team will come and attack them. They will be able to hit them on the break and whatnot. But then. You have to control games from the first minute to the absolute last. If Mourinho doesn't know this in all of his years of coaching, then I don't think I, there, it might have been a period where football was undergoing something, and he capitalized on that and rose to prominence. And right now, you know, everyone has sort of caught up, and he he can't grow or he and can't is, change. It's strange. It's is is mind boggling to me because even I mean we we put that we put Pep in. Mourinho against each other but even Pep you can see that there has been like his philosophy has never ever changed but he's been able to tweak and adapt it's just like he may tend to over tweak and he may tend to over adapt that's why he hasn't been able to win anything but then if he, he he has a he has a core principle with which he builds on Mourinho mm-hmm. tends to find excuses and uh, reasons and uh, always something there's always something there was an eight minute clip. I couldn't actually watch the full thing to be able to say that this is where everything went wrong or like he was justified in team selection or tactics or what. what bro, 19 minutes. You even went to 120. You know, if it's called one goal against a team that that's the coach was sent to prison. Hey. Like, this. T- 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 <laughs> <laughs> it did bust, bust my <laughs> brain. It, they bust my brain, <laughs> like, then jail again. Like, ah, we wait for total. People fool, though. people yeah. fool. People fool. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you see that clip. I don't know if you see that clip of uh, what's what you call calling prison break. <laughs> That's it. The Zagreb coach that Michael Schofield with the Georgia. That's <laughs> The game laugh for top, Charlie. Nah, 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 nah the guy, I don't, I, I'm not going to say the guy is done But I have no belief that he is a top manager anymore He can give you moments He can give you uh, some shocking results He can The masterclass is all, he could forgive But then pa, Pam, Pam say He could win you something credible Yeah Nah, nah, I, I I don't think so But then that's just my opinion
1: you guys have to come together and come and say that you 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 you. you. See the the, the Mourinho thing, eh? Miss Miss Evano, they understand, you know, like Miss Evano, they understand. Because I'm one of the people where I still feel like Mourinho go feel give you some moments where he go go be you. understand? Like like see, no, no matter no matter what it is for Mourinho, eh? Like I honestly think that Mourinho, you know, I'm I'm one of the people who you know thinks that Mourinho has done you know, like 60% or 65% of me feels like the man is done. But I still feel like, oh, come on, like this Zagreb defeat shouldn't happen. Like he had it. So how then do you lose something like that? You even,
2: even when they do against
1: Zagreb, <laughs> when, when, they, uh, when they did a draw and then they got Zagreb, a lot of people would say, oh, Netosan can win the Europa League. And that's how highly they rate they uh, uh, Mourinho. So for something like this to happen, I mean, it's just strange for me. But, Charlie, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he should try national team football because right now, where it is going there, Charlie. I'm fine, far, I'm, far, I'm far. Sorry.
2: Me, I just wanted to, like, as Kawa was saying, that there's always a small part of me that hopes he can even just come back to where he was. Because, me, I think football needs people like him. People, Football needs those type of characters. These modern, new-age managers who they all want to be nice and they all like yeah other, That kind of yeah. thing. Charlie, they bore me. You need those type of characters like Mourinho, and you have setting th- that kind of like aura about him, and those myths about him. That yeah, Mourinho in a jump, in a Euro- European tie, if he has a lead going into the second leg, like those type of romantic stories. Football still needs those things. So to see him the way he is right now, actually, if me, I just think about how I just think about when he came to the Premier League the first time, and how. F- he was the one manager, the one rival who f- Fergie didn't even try to beef him. He changed his approach to yeah. him personally. The guy shake up, <laughs> and all of a sudden, see what he has become. So for me, it's just sad. It's just sad.
0: sad indeed. <laughs> uh to go through the result. Uh, sorry, to go th- to go through the upcoming fixtures in the Champions League, we have, uh, and I'll give I'll ask you guys for quick predictions. Uh, Bayern vs PSG. Is a repeat, which is a very very tasty draw. Mm. Uh repeat of Liverpool versus Madrid. Whether well, Salah's show that will second show that we'll go again. Here we day. City versus Dortmund. Which should be very entertaining, I believe. And Chelsea versus Porto which boys boys it feels they feel say be easy job for Tuchel. So quick 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 results. Bayern PSG who they go through. Mm-hmm. Me, my money's my my, my, my on PSG, but here we go. <laughs> Smiley, you know, quick one, quick one. Uh, <laughs> or you know not want you do know want to show me your bed slip, Charlie? You choose.
2: Um, PSG,
1: Madrid, Liverpool. Um, Madrid, Liverpool. See, K.O. Do you know? Do you know what I I I think about this Madrid Liverpool fixture? I feel like, um we are back in the time in, in 2009 when they played together and liverpool trashed them like that yeah, like there wasn't there wasn't too much um there wasn't too too much difference between the two sides like liverpool were at a certain level where they weren't exceptional they weren't they weren't also so poor and then madrid were also in that spot so i feel like at this point where madrid have lost ronaldo and madrid are not doing quite well in the in the la liga as we would expect them to do and Liverpool also, you know, struggling to to get into the top four places and stuff. We are just at that point where both of them are, I feel, are at are at par. So it will come down to who wants it more. And I feel like Klopp might just want
2: it more than Madrid will. <laughs> Me, my, my, I think is I think Madrid will because. Liverpool, Liverpool this season, Charlie, we've all seen them. And also, you'd think that they would have a lot of like revenge on their hearts after what's happened to them in the final in mm-hmm. was it 2018. But yeah. Especially with what Ramos did to Salah. Yeah. So you think that they'll have a lot of revenge right. on their hearts. But you also have to think about how against Everton, for example, in the first game the first time they met this season. That's when they lost Van Dyke and all their season fell apart. And you'd think that when they went into the second game, Liverpool going to that game wanting revenge and trying to punish Everton for what they did to their season. And that's when they went to they went to lose again. So I think this Liverpool team, Charlie, they are just a broken team. I don't think they have it in them. And Zidane Zidane has just shown that in the Champions, League, he's, he, he has just he, he just finds a way. They don't play exceptional football or anything. See, I, <laughs> somehow he just find Charlie. a
1: way. see, I, I feel like I feel like the whole of the whole of the like like this this quarterfinal matchup, Liverpool Real Madrid True. is the most evenly matched True. like match that we can see because you just can't understand. It's, of just, of like, award, it's, it's not
2: straightforward way. at all. There's nothing yeah. straightforward.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's not straightforward at all. You know, maybe maybe you can see Bayern PSG, you can say oh Bayern. You can see Chelsea Porto, you can say Chelsea. You can see Man City Dortmund, you say City. But that one, that that Liverpool, that Liverpool yeah. game is just not there. Like you just can't select who is going to come out as winner. But I don't know, Smiley. I think that your your point really holds. The fact that you know Liverpool are are all over the place. They are broken and stuff. But you know. Liverpool have also shown consistently that in the Champions League, they've been able to do it. And, you know, let's just see, I think I'll I'll just tip them. Hey, y'all. My name is Joseph N.T., host of the People's Favorite Podcast. Yes, that is Sincerely
0: Accra, brought to you by the Gold Coast Report, Hey, <laughs> and produced by Mr. Asante. Listen, catch all new episodes every two weeks as I bring you unfiltered opinions on the wild and messy lives of Accra's residents. I'm telling you, when I say wild and messy, it is not an understatement. It's wild and messy. <laughs> and listen, the podcast is set against a backdrop of carefully curated Rated music and sound bites put together by the producer extraordinaire, Mr. Asante. Listen, the Sincerely Accra podcast is available on all podcast platforms and GCR's website at listen to GCR.com. That is listen to GCR.com. Now listen, make sure you're checking for us because it's always a vibe on Sincerely Accra McCrammel. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling
1: good. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel.
0: Feel. Feel. feel? It's a
2: this has been a Gold Coast Report’s production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com.